Hi, this is Chandra Brigman, and you're listening to Live from the Cafe, recorded live at Venture Cafe Cambridge, where innovation is for everyone. The following keynote address by Troy Leshko took place during our Supply Chain Innovation Night at Venture Cafe Cambridge on September 19, 2019. As the Executive Lead of Operations and Logistics for Peapod Digital Labs, Troy explores the intersection of the supply chain and e-commerce, and how the rapid growth of omni-channel retailing and online shopping is impacting supply chains at the warehouse, in transportation, and through the last mile. Sit back and enjoy. Hi, everyone. Thank you for coming tonight. My name is Yulia, and I'm the events manager here. It is Supply Chain Innovation Night tonight. Venture Cafe is a nonprofit organization, and all of our programming is free, free of charge, and open to the public. We're able to make this happen thank you to the corporate innovators like Retail Business Services for supporting us tonight. We are audio and video recording this event, so please wait for the mic to be passed on to you before you ask your question. Please don't forget your belongings in this room and put any garbage in the recycle bins on the way out. Enjoy the night. And now let me pass this mic on to Dan Covert from Retail Business Services. He'll be running the show. Thank you. Thank you very much, Julia. Thank you, everyone, for joining. This is our second annual uh, Supply Chain Innovation Night, so we're really excited to see a bigger crowd than last year. A lot of people are very excited about supply chain and innovation and everything that we're doing. So to kick off this event, we're going to have our keynote speech. So I'm really excited tonight to introduce our executive lead for e-commerce fulfillment, Troy Leshko. So Troy works for Peapod Digital Labs, which is our e-commerce uh, strategy group. So Troy is based out of Chicago, and he comes to us with over 30 years of retail experience. So Troy has worked for Foodline as a vice president of operations. He's led Bloom Supermarkets. We're really excited. Troy's got a great background, 30 years in the food retail business. And I think he's going to give a great keynote tonight on the future of e-commerce. So pass it over to Troy. Thanks for joining us tonight. Dan, thank you, and uh, folks, thank you very much for being here. Um, I uh, hope not to let you down on uh, the delivery you set up there for me. Um, hey, I, I, I do hope that uh, the conversation tonight is insightful for you. Uh, I would say is though I have 30 years of experience in, in retail, I don't have 30 years of experience in e-commerce, particularly in retail, because there's very few actually who do, right? Uh, but I am learning hard and fast like many. And I, I told to, uh, the group earlier, um, for a hand talker, a handheld mic is like kryptonite. So forgive me, I'm going to do my best uh, this evening. And if I end up like that, I'll, I'll make sure I bring it back in. So uh, if nothing else, I'll be entertaining for you. Um, so hey, before I jump into the to the body of the conversation, I thought it'd be good to give an overview uh, of Ajo uh, Delays uh, USA uh, and why we see ourselves as a, as a leader on the East Coast. Uh, we're made up of six customer-facing brands. Uh, five of those are uh, on the East Coast, Hannaford and Stop and Shop in the Northeast. We have Giant Martin, Giant Food in the Mid-Atlantic, and Food Lion, some in the Mid-Atlantic, but also in the Southeast. And then we have Peapod uh, in the Midwest, which is our dot-com brand. Um, those brands make up of 2,000 locations, over $43 billion in revenue, and most often than not, when they're operating somewhere, they're a market share leader. So being a traditional grocer, it is uh, interesting to note that we do have 30 years of e-commerce experience or online grocery experience, and that comes from our Peapod organization that we have. There were 6 billion uh, orders uh, uh, through our, our revenue line last year, 
uh, and over uh, two billion in digital offers. All of this ecosystem is supported by uh, two, two support organizations, Retail Business Services, which is our host tonight, uh, as well as Peapod Digital Labs, which is an e-commerce digital transformation that we've just stood up inside of Awful Delays. And I'll talk a little bit more about that now. If you think about what, what, what kind of is our path forward and what we think is our niche in uh, the areas in which we operate and how we go to business, is that we position our great local brands to have, have the opportunity to show up local in the communities that they serve and make that emotional connection with uh, their customers, but also show up as a national player with the scales and efficiencies that they receive from the support organizations like Retail Business Services and Peapod Digital Labs. And so you say, well, how do you do that? So think about um, Retail Business Services making sourcing purchases for 2,000 locations versus a regional player making sources, sourcing purchases for 160 locations. And hence, you can see the size and scale and how we might bring that to life. And then finally, Peapod Digital Labs, I mentioned we literally just stood up uh, in this January, which is a what we, we hope to create a center of excellence for e-commerce and digital transformation and really create that focus uh, for our organization and spread that, um, that learning and that capability uh, to our local brands. And I don't think I need to tell anybody in here because uh, the grocery industry is just in a long line of businesses that they are being disrupted by the online business. So tonight, uh, I'm sorry, not so well. Tonight I will focus on our four wall fulfillment as well as last mile. But uh, our, our, what I'll, you'll hear me probably refer to, I should go ahead and say this, RBS, meaning retail business services, as well as PDL, meaning Peapod Digital Labs. As you can imagine, it's a lot easier to get through a meeting when you, you put that into acronym. Uh, I might say that the rest of the evening, so I want to go ahead and share that. But you know, together they work with our brands on inbound fulfillment, four-wall fulfillment, and last-mile fulfillment. So end-to-end fulfillment is our focus. And so this won't be a shock to anybody, right? Consumers' needs and preferences are changing. You know, who, who had Starbucks coffee today? Okay, only four or five of us. Wow, okay, that's shocking. I expected a little more. Um, yeah, how many uh, ordered it online? Yeah, more than those that had coffee, right? <laughs> um, I don't know how that happened. But anyway, uh, it's playing out really well for me right now. Right? Uh, my, my point is, I mean, it, you know, Starbucks went from you had to go to the store to they were going to have their coffee available in all these retail establishments to now you order it online and you walk in, it's got your name on it, you're grabbing it, you're, you've left the building, it's personalized to you, and, and, and all of a sudden, like, that's your expectation. Isn't it amazing how fast our preference and behavior change? And that's the point I'm trying to make. And I mentioned earlier that lots of businesses have been disrupted, and grocery is just next in line, right? And, and you think of, even think about food prep. Uh, I think about the first time I saw the Domino's commercial where they said, hey, you just tell us where you're at and we'll bring the pizza. And I thought, why would they do that? Well, I mean, clearly they had a plan, right? Because the customer's expectation is, I might want a pizza if I'm in the park. Uh, I mean, I mean, this is what this is the this is the commercial, and that's what they show. But this is the level in which the consumer's expectations are getting to. So whether it's you know my expectation is I expect a high service interaction, but it's on my terms, or from a when do I get uh, to connect with you? It's actually whenever uh, I think I should connect with you. You're there. I mean, is anybody have, who's used the uh, the chat connects whenever you go, uh, uh, or the chat text when you go on, online into uh, a business, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember the first time that came out, I was like, oh, someone trying to hack me? What's going on right now, right? But I mean, that's almost just the standard, 
And, you know, I would say a year ago, I don't know that it was. Um, and then you think about where. Certainly they uh, expect your in-shop to, to keep up and, and, and be equal to uh, and be able to access you online, but also at home. And I mentioned Domino's will deliver anywhere you want them to. Uh, and then finally, they want it fast. You know, the customer expects things to be at their pace, um, but they also want to be personalized. They want you to know them. So if you think about that, what does that mean for a fulfillment network? And I think about it a couple of ways in simplest terms. I need to stay this way. Okay, I'll do that. Um, a couple of simplest ways for me to think about that is you need to modernize it, uh, and you need to expand it. And so, you know, and I just mentioned that online coming to grocery is, is a little late in the game, but it's now here. Well, you may not have a network that was built for online, so therefore, hence the expansion. Or you may have had some fulfillment. Um, you know, we do uh, inside of our organization. So it's about expansion as well as modernizing. And so there's six principles that we look at as we look to modernize and expand our network. The first is local. Uh, and you think about local is being close to the customer matters. Why would that matter? Please. Ballpark. Anybody? What would, what would be the benefit? Time is money. You can get to them faster, right? What was that? Time is money. Yeah, exactly. Money. I mean, yeah. If, if, if I can be close to them, I can get to them faster. By the way, it can improve my business model. My last mile cost may be less, right? Um, you think about freshness, right? It, it, the customer knows it came from down the street. What do you think the biggest thing to overcome with a customer online is about their tomato and their steak? It's not fresh, or they don't trust someone else to pick it out for them, right? But if I know Harrison at the local butcher and down the street from where my order's coming from, I can get through that trust much quicker, right? So local matters uh, in a lot of ways. Being flexible. Uh, you know, all of the days that you come to work and you have your work list and you just work that in sequential order, right? You know, from an online e-commerce perspective, it doesn't quite work that way. Because you don't know who's getting up that morning. They want to make their order and they want it two hours. Or who's going to want it in six hours? Or who's going to be the big planner and they want it two days from now, right? And so how are we building our resources and our process in a way that they're flexible enough to dynamically change as we need to throughout the day as that customer demand presents itself? You think about being efficient, you go, yeah, of course you need to be efficient. Yeah, you do. I mean, it's going to help you in your business model, <coughs> most certainly. But when you're most efficient, you're opening your, your business model up to capture more and fulfill more of that customer's demand. So if you open up a fulfillment center you think and do 1,000 orders, you become 10% more efficient, now you can do 1,100 orders, and you're more efficient inside that, uh, that box as well. Speed, you go, of course you need speed. Of course you want to be fast. I would also offer you need to have optionality for your customer in speed, right? So give them options. Do you want immediate? Do you want the same day? Do you want three days from now? Uh, there's benefit for them in that, and there's also benefit for you in that as the, uh, as the operator. And then capacity. The way I think about this is how do you have a fulfillment network that meets the customer demand where it is? So how in my portfolio, if uh, you know, I, I've got a, a, a rural community and it's just getting the, you know, folks are just starting to have some demand for online versus in downtown Boston. The amount of demand is going to be quite different, right? And you wouldn't want to open up a 200,000 square foot uh, e-commerce center and nowhere build, nowhere land uh, somewhere U.S., right? And so that is very important that you have a network that can show up where you want it and meet that customer's demand, and then evolve and expand as that demand grows. And then finally, freshness. I talked about that earlier. But for me, it's about making sure it, well, it's not about. For the customer, it matters in the store, right? It matters to you. 
guess what? It does online too. And in fact, it's more important because of that trust factor that I talked about earlier. Um, but it's more than just freshness too. It's the cold chain, right? Think about, you know, someone's now in control of your groceries, bringing them to your house. And what does that mean? So protecting that cold chain is super important. So those are the six principles, and, and together we're leveraging these to begin to transform and expand uh, our fulfillment network. And three areas and examples that we're doing that are a rapid expansion and a proven fulfillment model and click and collect at your brick and mortar stores. Also, uh, not as proven, but bringing in automation into a centralized fulfillment. Centralized fulfillment for us would be not leveraging your full store assortment for your pick. Uh, and then finally, where do we begin to have partnership uh, with our in-house expertise for <coughs> delivery and third-party partners and having that flexibility that we need and that multiple speed in the last mile? So let's talk about uh, the uh, three of those for a minute. You know, a year ago this time, we had 50 click and collects in those 2,000 of stores I just mentioned earlier. And we're over 500-ish right now. So we're well on our way to our goal uh, to have 600 and plans to have uh, and I'm, I'm very confident we'll uh, have more than that 600 plus. Um, but you know, what does that do when you when you stand that business up? All of a sudden, we've turned on 600 new fulfillment centers, right? Inside those fulfillment centers, I have my full assortment already. Inside those fulfillment centers, I can sell that assortment at the same price as I sell in the store and, and create that value uh, all the way across for our customers. Um, and in doing so, I've also set up a fulfillment center that's close to our customer and I can leverage that uh, fulfillment center to get to them from a delivery perspective as well. So I have a pickup and a delivery option that give me faster speed uh, the next day. And uh, we're excited to uh, continue that aggressive rollout as we uh, get into uh, next year. Uh, actually, let me back up for that just a second. You, know, you have those moments you remember, hey, I really wanted to say something uh, and you forget, right? Uh, how did we move so fast? So uh, I mentioned the, the brands that we had before. Our Hannaford business uh, in the Northeast, they had, they had a very uh, a good click-and-collect business. They've been doing this for five to six years. And so we were able to leverage their experience along with the experience we have in our retail business services um, uh, store planning department to help us through the physical build aspect. And they were able to leverage the expertise we had in our Peapod Digital Labs with our technology, whether it's in-store or out-of-store, to bring that to life at this speed. So it's a great example of how all of those organizations are working together. Um, a little bit uh, on the pilot that we stood up uh, at the end of this end of the first of, of this year uh, in one of our stop and shop stores uh, with an integration partner uh, uh, takeoff. And some of you may be familiar with takeoff or even the pilot. Um, basically, just to kind of set this up for those that aren't, imagine we took about 10 to 12,000 foot of one of our grocery stores and kind of just push the grocery store a little this way, right? Say, so, hey, let's just free up a little space. It's a little more difficult than that. Uh, but that's what we did. Uh, and we were able to bring in this, uh, this uh, automation solution. Uh, and basically, you mix your highest volume of goods inside the automation pick solution. And then you still do manual pick with the uh, slower items in, in, the, in, the, in the store fulfillment network. And then you blend those two together before you dispatch uh, for delivery. And so we spent... The good part of the year standing up uh, that pilot, uh, testing and integration, uh, and we're off and running here just recently uh, with adding volume to the system. The idea is that you know we can push up to three to four thousand orders out of this uh, uh, ten to twelve thousand square foot space. So if you start to do the math on that, uh, that's highly efficient. Um, and so we're looking forward to the productivity gains that are, are possible with this. 
And then if we are connected to a store, then obviously we're going to be close to our customer. And the speed of which that we can pick these orders enables us to have a same-day opportunity and access to our customer as well. So lots for us to learn here. We're super excited. Uh, and an organization that has over 20-ish uh, fulfillment centers today, uh, this is really a, a step in a different direction for us in moving away from um, you know, flow pick, pick and pass type fulfillment centers. Uh, and then wrapping up uh, those three is really beginning to create a flexible last mile network. Uh, today uh, in our organization, we currently have over uh, 900, uh, you know, uh, two customer trucks uh, on the road, over 1,600 drivers that drive over 20 million miles a year. Uh, and, and I said that, you know, we've been doing this for 30 years. So arriving at your doorstep and saying, hey, how are you? I'm here with your groceries today. We've got a little experience with also got some experience in cold chain too if you think about that we're producing orders for next day and so how are we taking those experiences and partnering with third parties that you know most of us in here are familiar with uh, and and making sure that our expectations carry forward when we're not owning our brand all the way uh, to the end of that customer uh, and so lots for us to learn here but it unlocks speed we want to make sure we maintain our quality and service but believe there's an opportunity for us to be efficient and local inside of this space. Uh, what's been successful? Uh, what's what's been some keys uh, for our for our success? I mean, beyond the first ingredients, you're like blood, sweat, and tears, right? Um, I would say that you know us having places for us to come together and just chat. I think that's a lot of what's going on here this evening and what's been going on the last ten weeks with the uh, with the program. Uh, but really allowing people to be open with what their ideas are. Let's collaborate about it. And then also let's have as many forums though, to say, how are we going to make that come to life and how do we make that happen? Uh, in, in addition to that, uh, we also uh, really get to a place, and let's just a pilot, let's just go test it. And you've got to be that flexible and nimble. And you also have to be, okay, that didn't work. Uh, and sometimes that's the hardest part, right? Say, that didn't work, I need to unplug that. Sometimes it's easier to just let her just keep burning. <laughs> I've been in stores as an operator and go, where did we get this type of thing? Well, 25 years ago, someone came up with this test, right? So you got to be careful and just uh, be, able to be sure to unplug so you can stand up other things. And then finally, using technology to help solve problems. Um, really getting good at that and having that marriage and understanding the power inside of that. I'll give you, you know, just a quick example. Um, one of the, the biggest ways to uh, create loyalty and, and customer satisfaction in the click and collect model is to reduce the amount of time that someone waits once they let you know you're there, right? I mean, think about this when you go inside a store and go grocery shopping. You ever thought about how long it takes before you get service? Like, I've sat there for 30 seconds one time and felt like an attorney. And it was only 30 seconds, right? I don't understand. I don't know. But, you know, think about, and I could see people. But now I think about I'm pulling up to a parking place and I can't see anyone. And I push the button and let them know I'm here. I don't even know if, like, are they just sitting around? Well, that's great. I'll get to them in a minute. Or are they really hustling to get to me? So how do you use technology to know they've hit the parking lot before they ever get there? I mean, these things exist, but these are the examples that I'm trying to talk about. Um, so can we work together? I think absolutely, right? I, I've shared with you tonight that we're working on diversifying our portfolio and expanding it, as well as looking to partners for efficiency, capacity, and speed. Uh, and we're always looking for innovative ideas. And good partners it's together that we will figure this out uh, there's a hundred ways to do everything and what i'm offering tonight isn't the only way to do it it's just the way we've chosen to look at it and begin our journey or continue our journey actually uh, and we always look for insight and input
So I, I asked, I, I did my best to say, hey, hold your questions to the end, especially when we got the, the PSA announcement about using the mic for your questions. Um, so what questions do we have? I'd be happy to entertain those or comments. Yeah. Uh, so how do you see uh, the rise of e-commerce affecting your existing distribution network? Can you say a little bit more about your question, please? Yeah. Um, so the, the existing distribution network um, in, within RBS is mostly set up to serve the retail locations, right? Um, how does, instead of sending you know, all the goods in your supply chain to a retail location instead directly to my door, how does that affect how they're going to run the distribution centers that are already running 24-7? You know, yeah, I think the, uh, I don't know all of those applications yet. I know internally we are in conversation and some of my uh, uh, retail service uh, supply chain partners are here tonight. I know what we're already doing is getting in the room and asking that very question. And so as an example, um, at that pilot I spoke to, are we better off to have items come in piece pick versus full case? And so do we need to start setting up something you know, further upstream to support that? So these are the types of conversations and questions we're asking ourselves. And, and, and at the broadest level, it's how do we make sure we have, I'm trying to think, I can't do it right, one network um, that includes e-commerce as well as our traditional brick and mortar and supply chain that we have. Thank you, Harrison. What else we got? In the back, wherever where the mic went. Yeah, we need a ninja mic Here we go. Um, I'm kind of curious about how you go about learning from the other competitors in the space and the best practices that they're applying, and then at the same time remaining true to your own kind of environment and your own branding. Yeah, I I, I think that uh, right now it's it's hyper learning. Uh, I I heard uh, someone say this one time. It, it feels like everybody's running super fast and not sure what they're running towards. Like, if, I don't know if that makes any sense in this space. Um, but, you know, so for me, uh, uh, I think that was cable. Uh, we, uh, you know, I, I just, every day, I'm looking for the email to come over and what's in the news, right? So, like, in the, in the, in the brick and mortar industry I was in, and the news feeds would come over, it's kind of like, oh, okay, every now and then you find something. Every day in the news feed in this space, there's something new. Uh, but, you know, it, whether that's trial and error, so just recently, you know, I think it was, well, like, well I don't think it was, uh, from Maine to uh, Georgia, we literally tried uh, competitors up and down that pipeline, their click and collect. What was the service experience we had? How did they package their goods? How long did it take for them to get here? Uh, or we tried the delivery experience as well. So it's, it's watching the news, it's trial and error and leveraging and using uh, their services. And then internally, we need to stay true to our strategy, uh, and uh, that's how we uh, stay tethered. Yes, sir. So I work in uh, RBS Innovation, um, and my question is, well, throughout this year, we've dabbled in a lot of different experiments or just, you know, reaching out to different companies on various things. Um, where do you see yourself in areas that you can't place a store? So in thinking of locker systems, putting something in Boston College, you know, where you don't have a store, but you can deliver the product. And then also, are you ever thinking about delivering pharmaceuticals? Yeah. Um, well, those were kind of close, but they're very different in those questions, right? Uh, no, that's, a, that's no worries. I, the first thing I thought about with your first question is, 
that that's really that's really awesome. Like that's a great idea, right? And there's a, there's so many great ideas out there. And I know what our focus is right now is to really get the foundation laid. Mm-hmm. So how do we make sure that we have our own proprietary platform that we interact with our customers on and we're proud of it? And that's going to already set us apart in the marketplace. How do we get our click and collect and leverage our store network and get that fulfillment uh, stood up and then start to bring multiple speeds together? As well as how do we continue to start to uh, work on the back-end systems and those types of things and those over 20 uh, standalone fulfillment centers we have today to get them ready for multiple speed and, and the next step. And so that's that's our focus right now, right? That's kind of our horizon. You might go, well, gosh, it feels like you're really, really slow. If we don't get that right, and we start getting a lot of shiny pennies out there, we could get in trouble. Now, getting more specific to your question, we have today already, uh, and, and with Peapod, we had locker systems set up uh, in locations. And so like, we call those pickup points and... The, now, there's partnerships we can begin to get into with other retailers uh, that are non-compete, obviously, and that's a space and place to look into. And there's some incredible innovation out there in the locker system uh, that can be leveraged. So I think the technology and, and, the, and the hardware and what you need uh, is, is available. And then from an RX perspective, I think the answer is yes. And uh, I believe um, in the Stop and Shop today, we're already working with a third party on last mile RX to our customers. Uh, so it's just a matter of us catching up to that and thinking about what the expansion plans are there. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Troy, for a great keynote. Wow, time really, really appreciate it. Thank yeah. you, folks. Enjoy the rest of your night. Live from the Cafe is produced and disseminated by the Venture Cafe Foundation, a nonprofit organization striving to better connect the innovation community. To learn more about our events and resources, please visit us online at VentureCafeCambridge.org. Or come visit us at 1 Broadway in Cambridge, Massachusetts every Thursday from 3 to 8 p.m.